This is Johnny Blue Star. Welcome to Threshold, a global media event. Is the universe just a random dance of atoms, or is it a manifestation of a supremely intelligent architect? Can its purpose, or our purpose here on Earth, be adequately assessed? Can we commune with it, know its intentions, cooperate with its direction? Here, we define Threshold as a gateway state of awareness, allowing mankind to cross into a place of real cognition. Threshold allows us to approach questions of higher reality through the door of experience rather than mere belief. Welcome to Threshold, where we tear away the veil from commercial media, bringing our audience and participants into another realm of reality and enhanced communication. This is Johnny Blue Star back again on Threshold Radio with Stephanie Slevin, who is a songwriter from the UK, who's joining me on this first part of a series called The Wayne Dyer Experience. And this particular show is called Intentionality and Spirituality. We're kind of reacting to a specific YouTube video called The Power of Intention Part 1. Anybody can find it just by searching on on YouTube. It's really exciting because Wayne Dyer, uh, before he was deceased and his publishing company, and perhaps PBS, I don't know, they took these famous programs where Wayne Dyer just helped PBS public broadcasting system make millions and millions of dollars by having programs that were centered around one of his books. And these programs are amazingly valuable. And they were, they were viewed live by thousands of people. And there's a lot of clapping and excitement. And I really recommend anybody interested in Wayne Dyer to look at these videos. And, then, and if you like me, really, really interested, buy his books. Because his books are not quite the same as, as uh, watching a video. Because you can kind of linger on them for a while. Anyway, Stephanie, welcome to our program again. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for having me again. I'm, uh, I'm going to quote something uh, from Wayne Dyer that he didn't quote in this particular video, but it's from someone he did quote for other quotes called Carlos Castaneda. And it says, Never take a path that has no heart in it. You can't lose if your heart is in your work, but you can't win if your heart is not in it. What do you think of that quote, Steph? I think it's exactly right. You have to wear your heart on your sleeve. You have to put your heart in everything, just as you have to put your spirit into things as well. With your heart and your spirit, you can't go wrong. You're on the right path. You see, I think part of the problem that we have in, uh, in understanding who we are is that we don't understand what the who is, and therefore we can't really connect always with that who. What? Could people be different? They have different who's, different people inside of them. Yes, they do. People have different personalities. And this isn't new to me. It was widely discussed in, for instance, uh, the work of uh, Uspensky and Gurdjieff, in, in, particularly in Search of the Miraculous, where it talks about the various dances of eyes within yourself. And that the, all these eyes that clutter up yourself are keeping you from getting to the real self, the real I. And I think that that Wayne Dyer is often talking about that, Steph. He's often talking about who you really are. 
What do you think? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, if you're true to yourself, you'll stand false to no man. But you have to connect with the powers of the universe. That's where your spirit is. And if you listen to the universe, it has a vibration and you can feel it. And you can connect with the ocean. The ocean has its own energy supply. And you can tap into that supply as well. Well, what, what um, this video that we're talking about is called, it's called The Power of Intention. And I think this is, this is where I had this huge revelation, Stephanie, because I was doing all kinds of things that are connected with sort of the, what you might call the secret, not my call, it's, it was a famous uh, video and book and so forth, which is largely visualization, imagination, uh, trying to and maybe connecting a little bit with spirituality, releasing these things to God, so-called. And it wasn't really working for me because I didn't understand the one thing that Dyer stresses in this whole program that is so important, and it is the nature of intention. Now, intention is not what a lot of people think it is in, in the ordinary sort of motivational literature, which is, Let's get gung-ho and let's do it, man. Let's get it done. And where you push yourself into, into events and into things so that you kind of, kind of push through them to some kind of wonderful victory. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. I actually wrote a little quote, Johnny. Yes. Um, One must scrape the sky to stand tall, the heavens taller still. That's connecting with the universe and connecting with spirit. That's wonderful. And you see, that is not the same thing. That is what Wayne is talking about in this when he talks about intention. But it's not like the, well, there's a lot of sales books out there and they talk a lot about closing. And in certain types of techniques of closing, what you're trying to do is just run over people. Get them to believe whatever you, you say to them. Maybe you even try, as they do in neuro-linguistic programming techniques, they try and actually lull them to sleep and get them to believe this because they're putting them into a hypnogogic trance. But this is not what we're talking about, where you're overrunning people or even trying to get the universe, I command you, bring me a million dollars. No, not at all. What he's talking about is something different, and, and, and your little quote really summarizes it, but let me quote from the person that he quotes from, Carlos Castaneda, again. In the universe, there is an immeasurable, indescribable force which shamans call intent, and absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent by a connecting link. That's what you're talking about, isn't it, Stephanie, in your quote when you're talking about connecting to the universe? Yeah, connecting to the universe and astral planes. If you travel the astral planes, they will show you a lot of beauty. Because I believe we all have our own star, Johnny. You just have to reach out and touch it. Well, and when I, you start, mm -hmm. connect, sorry, um, uh, when you start connecting to the universe, things will happen. Mostly in the twilight hours, between three and five in the morning. That's what Wayne Dyer says as well, and he's correct. Because the twilight hour sends its shower. But once you connect, you'll start receiving messages during other times of the day and night. Well, I want to um, kind of clarify something here. You see, when we were talking about closing and running down the universe, getting through it, pushing things into it, pushing, taking the, grabbing things out of it, that's quite different because that is kind of an intention of the ego, of the lower personality that's not connected with the sky that you're talking about in your quote. Your quote is kind of a sort of a 
metaphor, right? It's, it's kind of talking about the universe and the sky and all this other stuff, but it's really meaning the source, essentially, right? Yeah, God. To connect to God, the source, the Tao. Yes, people speak of this thing in many different ways, and sometimes these ways seem almost the opposite, like the Tao versus Father. How different could it be, this extremely personal concept of a father who loves you and wants to take care of you, and the Tao, which is somehow an abstract aspect of the universe. But actually, in many ways, these types of expressions in certain contexts are saying the same thing. They're talking about, and here's where I'm unfolding the important insight that I think is in here and which we'll be discussing for this hour. It's intention is a field of energy. Now, energy is a bad word because this is intelligence and benevolence and goodness wrapped up in a kind of a field. And it's hard to explain this in words, which is why mystical experience is almost difficult or almost ineffable to completely encapsulate in a few words. But we are trying not to push things, according to Dyer, into the universe from our egos, but rather move up in ourselves into a plane where we're part of this ocean that you spoke of. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, I think Wayne Dyer is right as well. I mean, we are all balls of energy, a little light on our feet. That's a little, another little quote I wrote. And um, I just think God and the universe is one. And if you connect to the universe and connect to God, you'll get to go places. But not ask. I don't ask for things like money and luxuries. I just ask to be a better version of myself and to give me the strength to move on in life and carry on with what I'm doing and be a better person and follow the right path. That's all I ever ask. I don't ask for anything else. I think that what's important, Stephanie, and it's different for every person, is that when you realize that your true heart or your true nature, your true spirit is in this field itself, is a part of this field, you can ask for anything that it it sort of asks you to ask for. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, you know, uh, every, every person is different. And yeah. I remember, this is an important little point here. I remember that Oprah had these people on from The Secret. And they were talking about visualization and asking for things. And what Oprah said was, you know, I, I respect everything that you're saying. But in my case, and only my case, what I ask God for is to be able to do His will. And I thought that was amazing. I, I'm not against asking for anything that, that, that you're prompted to from the higher level. And that is something that Wayne definitely talks about and we'll talk about in a little while after this break. Here's one of my favorite songs of Stephanie's. It's called I Talk With Angels. I talk to angels and they speak to me. They show me things that I don't usually see. Walk somewhere in heaven. God looks down with love, showing off mankind. But we just push and shove one another to the ground, making unholy sound. But if you want to talk to angels, you gotta spread your heart around every town. I saw an angel at the end of my bed. He looked at me, 
But not a word was said while cause somewhere in heaven God believed in me as he does us so just awaits us to see he is there everywhere all around every town Yes I talk to angels and they speak to me They lead me places they want me to be Walkers somewhere in heaven God looks down with love Showing us mankind But we just push and shove one another to the ground Making unholy sound But if you want to talk to angels You gotta spread your heart around Every town, every town. This is Johnny Blue Star. My company, New Galaxy Enterprises, is a California corporation specializing in the creation of media and promotional content. Projects could be nonfiction books or novels, screenplays, commercials, audio or video products, musical scores for ads, TV or film, etc. If you need help to accomplish your goals, visit NewGalaxyEnterprises.com or contact me at JohnnyBlueStar at gmail.com. Turn your vision into a dazzling media reality. Manifest your media dream today. I'm back on Threshold Radio with Stephanie Slevin, who is a very talented singer-songwriter, but also has a sort of propensity for metaphysics, for understanding reality, for actually mining some of the secrets that exist beyond this physical plane. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's true, Johnny. But once I got in touch with my spirituality... I started meditating, and when I was meditating, I traveled through astral planes, and you see things, and then when, when I woke up, I opened my eyes, the songs would flow, the quotes would flow, and the more I do that now, the abilities are getting stronger and stronger all the time. So that's, you know, that the universe and God is one, and that, that's my gift. We all have our gifts in our own different ways, and I'm just, I just ask God to help me put it out there, and good things are starting to happen. Well, I want to get back, and this is directly related to what you just said, back to the idea that intent is not a part of the ego, but it's part of spirituality. It's a part of another level of consciousness. It's a field of consciousness which we all can get to. Now, my whole life, for years, for decades, I was involved in spirituality. In my 20s, I interviewed for a book many, many different spiritual teachers from Tibetan Buddhism, I interviewed uh, people from yoga, uh, Roscarusianism. Uh, you can't, I mean, I, I think I, I, Wicca, uh, I, I interviewed mediums, I interviewed Sufis, all these people, and I practiced a lot. And I, I practiced even with teachers for five years, but I never really got what I was looking for until and and finally could distinguish between the different things that that I experienced until I really got into Wayne Dyer and that wasn't very long ago I'm sorry to say let me make a quote from Wayne the Wayne Dyer quotes from Carlos Castaneda here's another quote a wonderful quote uh, from Castaneda Intent is not a thought or an object or a wish. Intent is what can make a man succeed when his thoughts tell him that he is defeated. 
It operates in spite of the warrior's indulgence. Intent is what makes him invulnerable. Intent is what sends a shaman through a wall, through space, to infinity. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very cool. It's, that takes it back to the astral planes. When you travel through astral planes, you can actually do these things once you believe these things exist and you connect to them and you meditate. I want to focus on, you know, I, I do believe in, I do believe and have a limited experience of that. And uh, I know that it's true that you can go out of your body. But what's also important to me is that there's a connection between the field of intention and what happens in this plane? What happened? What what, they, what is called sometimes manifestation? Like um, you know, having a book that's actually published. In my case, having a radio show that I waited ten, fifteen years to do, and I finally was able to do it. To manifest it. To manifest your well, you want a house to manifest a house. I say that often that wish, if it's in the field of intention is what's really yours, the evidence yeah. of things unseen. Because people get confused with, I think certain ideas in the New Testament are really right on, are amazingly true. But unfortunately, for many, they never really decipher them. So when they're speaking about the kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all else will be granted unto you. They are talking, in my mind, of what Dyer calls, and it's a more abstract way of speaking of it, the field of intention. Seek ye first this connect, this higher self through a connection to it. And it's going to be righteous, because if you're getting to a place uh, of a spirituality that is not righteous, r completely righteous, really something that, as Dyer says, dispenses to you real well a sense of well-being and, and happiness then you're not there you're not really connecting to what he's calling the field of intention you are connecting to another level of consciousness so when when something a desire proceeds out of that and it's often something that really it almost haunts you you need to do it it feels good to do it and you you're like almost obsessed to do it like i was when i wanted to do threshold radio or when i've wanted to write certain songs, and I know that you're, you're obsessed all the time, Stephanie, aren't you? Yeah. But see, during the years, I've always been in touch with my spirit, but when I've tried to speak to people, they either thought I was a little nuts, or, you know, they just tolerated me and would lead me down a different path. But it was my own fault for listening and going down that path. But in the last few years, I got in touch with my spirit, and I listened to Wayne Dyer, and now I don't feel so crazy anymore, because there's other like-minded people out there. You introduced me to... Wayne Dyer, and I wrote a little quote, when in dire straits, look up Wayne. That's actually what I do. And that's a, that's a beautiful little quote for, uh, that's, that's sort of like the phonetic Kabbalah. The phonetic Kabbalah is when you say a word, even in a different language or in the same language, that has a specific, different meaning but sounds the same and points you to, to something, like the word uh, dire, D-I-R-E, and, and the word Wayne, uh, Wayne Dyer is D-Y-E-R. And yeah. those two words, like, like here, here's another example that's really kind of strange, but is pointed out in a book called The Mystery of Cathedrals by Fulcanelli, who was an alchemist. Anyway, he turned, you know, lead into gold, at least possibly physically, possibly spiritually. But anyway, he talks about the word Argo. Now, Argo is a star. 
And it's the star that led Jason to the Golden Fleece, which is often uh, sort of a metaphor uh, for, or you know, for for what we're talking about, for God, for the source, which is often connected with the idea of gold. Spirituality is often, you know, turning the lead of your ego to the gold of spirituality. So Argos, so this word Argo is star, uh, leads to the golden fleece. But also the word Argo in French, Argo, A-R-S-G-O-T-H, is the word for Gothic art. And there, there's, a, there's also a word in, in, in Greek, ancient Greek, which is Cho, Argo, the, the art of light. So you have this one word that crosses over phonetically into different cultures and different languages that, that has this very sacred significance. You see what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's funny you should mention the Golden Fleece because that's my local pub. It's called the Golden Fleece. And I used to spend time there with my grandmother, who was a very, very spiritual person. And when I look back to those times as a child now, I realized that I was a spiritual person and it all came from her. That's where it all began. So everything connects, but it seems to connect backwards. Yes, it, it, it connects. It, things connect in a very strange way. And, and often they connect with... There's another thing that Wayne talks about, and that is synchronicity. And that's an idea that was, was developed uh, very consciously by Carl Jung, who wrote a book about it, it's when certain events that should not be connected suddenly connect and, and, and they couldn't possibly connect by accident and yet there's no real physical reason they should connect. And I'll give you an example. I was, I used to be, some people say I was the second underground student at Yale and I used to live in, in this, uh, my friend's room. <laughs> And I'd sometimes go to classes, but basically I was there to study and uh, sort of um, sort of intensely research certain things. And I had left school in order to go to Yale to do this. I left my other school. Anyway, I was in his room, and I turned on the radio, and The Sound of Silence by, si by Simon and Garfunkel came on. Do you know that song? That's one of my favorite songs. Okay, one of my favorite songs too, but listen to this. I turned on the radio, I started to feel chills. I crept under the covers of his, he wasn't there, of his bed, and I just, like, I was sort of, I don't know how to explain it. It was a very strange feeling. And I got over it eventually, and I turned off the radio, and suddenly, I think about a half an hour later, he comes crashing into his room. He says, the weirdest thing happened to me. I was in, I was at my friend Joe's house, and and and, the, and he was playing a record. The record was called. It was an album, the Sound of Silence. And I heard this music, and I started to feel really strange. I got the chills, and I said, "Joe, can I call, go into your bed for a second? And he, I crawled into his bed, and I covered myself. Stephanie, I was listening to the radio. He was listening to a record that came on at the same time. Okay, that sounds good as an example of synchronicity. But then, two months later, I went to Rick, this guy named Rick. I went to, his, to a party that he had, and you know who the guest was? One of the guests? Art Garfunkel. And I told him the story. And I told him a lot of stories. I guess I was very talkative. He said, you know, of all the things you told me, this was the most significant. Yeah, synchronicity. Synchronicity yeah. is what Wayne Dyer says is sometimes... It's not that synchronicity necessarily means something. 
It's, it can mean something that's actually de- deceives you in a way. It's just certain events happening and you get really scared because, you know, s- some owl hooted when you were thinking of something. It doesn't necessarily mean anything bad or anything good. But sometimes when it's part of something you're doing, something part of the field of intentioning, it's a manifestation and a sign that you're sort of on the right track and you can follow that sign to other things. And we're going to discuss some more about this and your experiences in just a moment. Patricia Welch is clearly one of the most accomplished singers living today. Recently, she created a wonderful CD set called Great Entertaining, Cocktails, Dinner, and Dessert with Patricia. Here are two complete shows with Patricia Welch, Evolution of a Singer, and Cocktails with Patricia. Find them in our ThresholdRadio.com archives, as well as our SoundCloud and YouTube channel. Here's a clip of a song Edgar Ahrens and I developed for Patricia Welch. I wrote the lyrics, a kind of tribute to the mysteries and strange beauty of Palm Springs, California. Escaping from the dawn, we flee to desert skies. The final dance is on, with no more alibis. As windmills madly spin, our dreams from lovesick sighs. That dancing shadow. This is Johnny Blue Star. I've worked as a lyricist with Patricia Welch for over five years, along with Russian composer Edgar Ahrens, a friend and colleague. Her ability as a singer is simply amazing. She brings a unique and dramatic flair to every song she sings. Over the next few months, we shall be releasing a number of these songs, part of an album called Hadley's Castle. Meanwhile, Patricia has been busy creating a super enjoyable collection of classic standards in an exciting 46-song, 3-CD collection. Music for Great Entertaining introduces cocktails, dinner, and dessert with Patricia Welch. Three hours of continuous music. 46 of the all-time classic standards spanning decades of hit songs. Going to a friend's home for dinner? 
Cocktails, dinner, and dessert with Patricia also makes the perfect hostess gift. This three-CD compilation is the perfect background music that sets just the right mood for any dinner party. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely To purchase this album, just go to patriciawelch.com forward slash CD. That is patriciawelch.com forward slash CD. You won't be disappointed. New Galaxy Enterprises is a media company specializing in wide-ranging content like novels, nonfiction books, screenplays, commercial advertising, web content, etc. One of our most esteemed providers is illustrator Robert W. Zalo. I work on all my most important projects, like book covers, logos, web design elements, with Robert. As an illustrator, he worked on the Ignatz-nominated comic book, The Expert's Guide to Killing Things That Go Bump in the Night. His skills encompass advertising, magazine illustrations, gaming, comic books, TV production, and scenic painting. His clients include Comcast, Adelphia, Haven Talent, Forceworks, High Octane Theater, Star Creative Advertising. You wish to contact, go to NewGalaxyEnterprises.com or email me at JohnnyBlueStar at gmail.com. For artist, illustrator Robert Zalo, an essential component of all the work we do, maybe he can help you too. In a moment, we will play a song by Stephanie about the great blues singer Robert Johnson. But before we do, here's a short but poignant comment by Wayne Dyer. My Uncle Bill. Bill Volick, who was a uh, school teacher in Hayward, California, handed me a copy of a book. And the book was a collection of short stories written by Leo Tolstoy. He wrote not just great novels and great stories, but uh, great spiritual literature as well. He was considered to be the soul of Russia. And uh, the first story in this collection was called The Death of Ivan Illich. Now, Ivan Illich was a judge who lived in uh, Moscow. One of the more important features of this story is his relationship to his wife, who he basically hated because he despised his work. And he felt that uh, she had pressured him and pushed him into doing this, that it was a prestigious thing to do. And it was filled with internal rage and anger at what he had done. The title of the story kind of gives it away, the death of Ivan Illich, you know he's going to die. Now Ivan Illich was lying on his deathbed and his wife is holding his hand, this woman that basically he despised for all of his life. And he looks up into her eyes and his last words are, what if my whole life has been wrong? And he died. I was very shaken and very moved by that. And I took out a pad of paper and I wrote a note to myself. And I said, dear Wayne, don't die with your music still in you. And I've lived that for my entire life. Robert Johnson was an artist who came against great controversy but insisted on bringing his unique music to the world. We can thank our lucky stars that so was Wayne Dyer. Both men were example of persons who had this special sense of mission and willing to fight for their sacred obligation to themselves and the world to make sure that music was played. We're back on Threshold with Stephanie Slevin, who is one of the most prolific songwriters I have ever even heard of. And she has been 
utilizing, I would say, the power of the Spirit, the power of intention, as Wayne Dyer had, had, talks about for many years. But yet, just like me, who's been isolated, she hasn't always been able to talk to other people about it, nor has she been able to really formulate these things maybe as clearly as she can right now. Tell us about that, Steph. Well, when you see things as a child and you you talk to angels, because I have talked to angels, but when you try to tell people, they think you're crazy. So it does make you feel alone. And anyone you try to tell, I remember one example, I was telling a couple of people and I thought they believed me. And when I looked behind, they, they were putting their eyes up as if to say I was crazy. So I kept it a secret for a long, long time. But then I stumbled across yourself and Wayne Dyer, and now I realize there are other people like that, and I'm not crazy, and I can tell my story, because I kept it hidden for decades, Johnny. Well, have you, seen, have you seen the, the audiences in these programs? Look how many people there are. But exactly. they, they're not anybody. There are people, there are a lot, and when you see, okay, recently there's a really good documentary by Tony Robbins. And it's called I Am Not Your Guru, which is very interesting. But this man has thousands and thousands of followers, too. And a matter of fact, Wayne Dyer has a YouTube that he interviews Tony Robbins, who's very interesting. And um, so it's like, it's like there is a huge audience out there, but they're scattered. They're scattered around. And like, like um, Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music inside you. And that's very inspiring. And it's true. Because you ha it's a slow, torturous death. You just go through life hiding it, worrying what other people are thinking you're crazy. But now I've, I've started to develop a fan base. And, you know, some people don't believe, but there's a lot of people that do. So I'm putting my stuff out there. And I want to tell you a little story quickly. As I say, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. I firmly believe that. And all the dots start to form lines. And I was 11 years of age, and I went to... Um, a school trip we went to um, an abattoir which is a place that slaughters animals very strange place for a school trip they're not allowed to do that now but when we went there we saw it, this sheep and they were being slaughtered but there was one particular lamb it was upside down and he was shackled and he was going towards a big wheel and he kept he looked at me and his eyes were transfixed on mine and my eyes were transfixed on his I was only 11 he was terrified and I was terrified and then the wheel cut his throat. And when I look back to that now, I always see that lamb's face when I'm writing religious songs, religious quotes. So even that has significance. Everything connects, but it connects backwards. Well, you know how you're saying that when you're talking to people, they don't, they don't uh, really listen. But here's another quote from Carlos Castaneda. The fact of the matter is that many children see most of those who see are considered to be oddballs, and every effort is made to correct them. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah, I've been called a freak. I've been called weird. I've been called crazy. I've been called loads of things. But it doesn't bother me. It used to, and that's why I hid it for years. But I can help people with some of the gifts that I have, like my visions. I have visions. I have visions of missing people. But you try to tell people, it's very, very hard to get them to listen. Yes. You know, let's go back and this is related to what you just said. You see, one of the aspects of this experience is the fact that the field of intention can help you along. It can guide you. Part of the way it may guide you is through synchronicity. But another way it can guide you is actually by giving you specific information that's still voiced within you. 
Here's another quote from, uh, see, Wayne Dyer liked Carlos Castaneda. You would think that Carlos Castaneda, who was well known for reporting so-called events, maybe somewhat fictional, but maybe somewhat true, with a shaman, Mexican shaman, uh, called, Carla, uh, called Don Juan. He, you'd think that Dyer, who dresses in a suit, or, you know, he's kind of a professor-looking type of person, but he found his truth in all kinds of places. And here's a quote that really explains a lot. Everything in the world is a force, a pull or a push. In order for us to be pushed or pulled, we need to be like a sail, like a kite in the wind. But if we have a hole in the middle of our luminosity, the force goes through it and never acts upon us. In other words, if we're open and we're spiritually open to the Shekinah, the divine presence, uh, the field of intention, the kingdom of God, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, it can guide us. And I think that's one of the main wonderful things that I discovered when I began to identify this experience of the Shekinah as apart from other types of meditative or kind of cosmic experiences. You might say there's a whole bunch of oceans out there, but we want to we want to swim in the one that really is warm enough and nurturing enough and and not too salty and not too uh, and 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 isn't going to drown us but will actually move us gently over to where wherever we need to go what do you well, think sometimes johnny we put things down as coincidences but i don't believe in coincidences i think it's our calling giving us little signs to what we need to be doing and once we start listening to our calling we will be pulled in the right direction. And if we push ourselves in the right direction, fate will pull us along. I firmly believe that. Here's another point that I think is really important that he talks about. And that is, he would ask the question, do you believe you're in a good universe or a hostile universe? And, you know, I'm involved in sort of trying to make things happen a little bit in the political arena. I want to see the world change. I don't like endless wars. I don't like surveillance of my or interference with my privacy. I don't like the fact that maybe I can't really assemble to protest. I don't like the fact that I might be censored as to what I have to say and so forth. And if I start to think about the world as being sinister like it seems to be, I will go into a deep depression. And I intentionally expose myself to these things. But I also realize that in exposing myself to these things, I have to expose myself to them in a state of luminosity. If When I start to get sucked into these horrible things that people are doing to each other, I get really depressed. But if I can bring my sense of God, of source, into that, then I think it, it doesn't hurt me and I maybe I can make some kind of a change. Does that make sense? It does. And a lot of people say to me recently, how can you glorify God with all the bad things that are happening in the world? And I wrote a quote about that. I said, um, God gives us hands. He does not supply the arms. Yes. So we, we, get, we get a sort of, we, we're sort of, one of the gifts is that we're made in his image and that we have a certain amount of free will. And that's the whole trick here because we can choose not to be with God and walk in his garden. And when I say garden, the experience of the field of intention, the luminosity of intention, the, ex the cosmic experience of luminosity carrying, that you carry with you when you're connected. Only when we are a reflection of God have we walked on water. That's what I like to say. Well, that's nice. That's very beautiful. And I think, I think that 
I think that, um, you know, we should remember, and, and, you know, we don't have time to discuss everything here, but one of the main points he makes in this is that it's not so much, it's not so much of just finding this connection, but of cleaning it off, making the connection more solid and more pure, and so that it, it, it can really, we can really experience it better. I'll give you an example. Recently, I get, as I say, I expose myself to a lot of what I call atrocities in this primary election, you know, banning Muslims, which I do not like, you know, banning a whole lot of people, or going ahead and using torture, which some of our, uh, you know, our, some of our leaders have actually thought of doing again, which is a, a terrible thing to do, I think, or imprisoning people without a lawyer. All these things really get to me sometimes, and also the creative things and the things I have to do every day. And so what I've been doing, Stephanie, is I've been going out and walking in the woods alone, walking in the woods alone, absorbing the vibrations of the plants and perhaps the few animals that I see, a, a lot of grasshoppers, it, it, it fills me with a certain kind of peace. And it makes me, it kind of cleans me off so I can pay attention to this sort of purity of the higher self, which is another way of talking about the field of intention. Yeah. I mean, I'm very in tune with nature and that's what I do. I sit in the garden and... I say this to people and they think I'm a little bit crazy, but I can hear the trees. Sometimes I can feel them. I feel like they're in pain or you can hear them whisper through the wind. And I say that to people. I'm not embarrassed to say that anymore. I used to be because of the way people looked at me, but some people actually say, yeah, yeah, that's true. I hear that too. So I'm very in tune with nature. Very. Well, Steph, I want to thank you so much for coming to this program today. And, and, and just before we leave, tell us what you're up to now. I mean, I know that you're working on different projects. To give us an idea of what you're doing. Um, well, when I get led to places by messages in dreams or whispers, I look up these places or I look up these people, and then I start, the songs come automatically. If I found the right person or the right place, the song will come automatically. So I'm writing many, many songs, many new quotes. And I do have visions, but I kind of keep them under wraps because it's very hard to get people to, um, to listen to you, to hear what you're saying, you know? Well, I will say this. We are working on a few songs together, are we not? We are definitely working on a few songs together. And one of them is about the Statue of Liberty. Another one was about um, Ed Mitchell, an astronaut who recently passed away. And the third one is called, actually, The Bridge of Light. Yeah. And when God is willing, we'll make the shilling. <laughs> well, one thing I like about you, Stephanie, and one thing that I think notes a person who really is aligned with intention is that you carry out the things that you say you're going to do. Uh, you actually make them have, you, you actually make things happen. And I think that's an extremely important thing to do, be able to do. And uh, Well, I'm thankful to the universe and God for everything that he gives me. And um, I like to do my part and just keep going, be consistent and do what I have to do, you know? So let, let us get together again. And could we dis continue discussion another time? Definitely, 100%, yeah. And how can people contact you? Um, they can find me on Twitter, at Steffi underscore Halo. Or Google my name, Stephanie Slevin, and I'll come up everywhere, like Reverb Nation, Facebook. S-L-E-V-I-N, right? <laughs> yeah, like in the film, Lucky Number Slevin. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. thanks again, and uh, 
Uh, we'll be back on Threshold soon yeah. enough. Put your soul in your shoes and keep walking. Here's a song that Stephanie wrote about Robert Johnson. It's called Gifted. They say you're gifted You must have got your gifts from the devil Your lyrics uplifted Because they're on the new level have made a pact with the devil Your lyrics uplifted Could I not have got them from heaven What's wrong with you Can't you see My gifts are from God I've worked with Russian composer Edgar Aaron for quite a few years, building an inventory of songs, many of which feature singer-performer Patricia Welch. We will soon be releasing these songs, components of an album and a musical in progress called Hadley's Castle. When Edgar and I first got together, I was amazed by the brilliance of his musical scores created for movies, TVs, and animations. Here is a sample of the work he did on the Russian TV series, available now on Amazon, called The Secret Agent's Memoir, which had two seasons. This score is called Escape and was created for the first season. I am very pleased to say that Bridge of Light Productions, a division of New Galaxy Enterprises, is proud to be the contact point for television and film companies seeking information about this amazing composer's work. If you're in the entertainment business and wish to know more, contact me at johnnybluestar at gmail.com. That's johnnybluestar at gmail.com. In Ken Ede's book, The Involuntary Spy, Seth Rogen, a scientist, after having discovered a major deception created by a multi-billion dollar worldwide agribusiness giant that he works for, is driven by his conscience to release the information to the public at the peril of his reputation, career, and life itself. To do this, he must take refuge in Moscow. Here is an excerpt. Chapter 4 Yuri helped Seth settle into the safe house in Moscow. Tomorrow night, he would take the nine-hour flight to the Far East. From the apartment, 
he could see the colorful and distinctive towers of St. Basil's Cathedral from his window, and the glittering gold onion domes of the Church of Annunciation in the Kremlin. This was the Kremlin he had seen so many times on television. Back then, during the Cold War, it had represented the seat of the Empire of Evil. Now, it was oddly beautiful. The American press was already doing damage control on Seth's report to Russia today. The president called it propaganda, and said that the United States was against the manufacture of biological weapons. Spokesmen from the company said that Seth's report to RT should be disregarded as the words of a traitor and a thief. Because of his fleeing the country, Seth's story was discredited in every mainstream media report. Okay, your name now is George Amers, said Yuri, smiling, holding out documents. Here is new passport. I'm Canadian? Yes. Does that mean I have to say A all the time? Seth, Russians don't care what you say. But don't talk to people. Don't talk to people. And don't go anywhere. Just to work and back home. Sounds boring. Isn't that what you guys do in America anyway? Well, yeah. Okay. Don't make friends. If you want a girl, we get you girl. That sucks. Look, it's only for six months. Then you can do what you want. If you see anything suspicious, call me. Six months, eh? Yes, six months. Oh, and shave mustache and color hair. What? You prefer shave head and color mustache? No, no, that's okay. I'll take the hair color. And we fix nose. What's wrong with my nose? Nose too big. It's not. We fix anyway. Okay, let me see if I've got it. Don't go anywhere. Don't make friends. Sleep with prostitutes that you send to me and wear a disguise. Yes, you are smart. Don't forget to use lenses I gave you for eyes. And what? Lose some weight. Seth worked on his disguise with the materials Yuri had left in the safe house. He said a fond farewell to the mustache that had been with him since high school and picked a dark brown color to mask his light brown hair. With the contacts in, his eyes changed from green to brown. He didn't even recognize himself. The surface disguise was the easy part. Being George Amers would be the true disguise to master. It is now time to hear from Dr. Hugo Rodier, MD, who regularly brings to us his insights and wisdom from the forward-looking integrative medical perspective. Hi, Johnny. Today I have a great article that came out in the New York Times, September 12th, in fact. It's a review of an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Internal Medicine, saying that for decades, the sugar industry has been paying the media, scientists, colleges about keeping quiet on how toxic refined sugars are, particularly for the heart. Now, I've known this for quite a while, but I've never seen it so so widely open and so clearly told by the powers that be. And this is great for consumers. We have known that uh, sugar is extremely toxic, but uh, big sugar, as, as it's called, has been hiding the evidence that they have manipulated science and bought influence so that people keep eating sugar. And then they blame fat. You know, they say, oh, don't eat cholesterol, take cholesterol drugs, but really, it's about sugar. We've talked about this before, how sugar messes with the liver, 
of course, every organ. But in messing with the liver, it messes with how we process cholesterol. So cholesterol has never been the problem. It's sugar and how cholesterol is processed in the liver, which is not done well because of the impact of sugar on the liver. A lot of people have fatty liver. I'll never forget how a cardiologist uh, wagged his finger in my face saying that diet and sugar had nothing to do with heart disease or any disease for that matter. Oh, Hugo, let them drink their soda pop. It's just amazing how the industry has worked against our, our better interests. How have they been able to disguise this material? Well, they have paid those people that should have been watching out, looking out for us. And so please look it up, New York Times, uh, September 12th, or go to the Journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine for the month of September. Dr. Rodier works out of his own integrative health clinic in Draper, Utah. Although he, of course, takes office visits, he also schedules consultations on the phone. For complete contact information and to read his blogs, newsletters, hear his podcasts, and buy his books, go to hugorodier.com. That's H-U-G-O-R-O-D-I-E-R dot C-O-M. Hugorodier.com. Here's another song of Stephanie's to go out with. It's called What Goes Around. Shown you I am here and for you to leave. 
like Threshold Radio, a program which deals with core issues affecting our personal, political, and spiritual lives, and advocates the creation of an enlightened, informed citizenry, not only in America, but throughout the world, then you might think of supporting both your product and business and our message by advertising on our show. All programs are archived and are supported in various ways, including social media, our outreach being broadcast weekly on VegasAllNetRadio.com, a very advanced internet broadcasting station, but also archived directly on our websites on YouTube and in SoundCloud. We believe in time we will have a very broad outreach. Through New Galaxy Enterprises, our parent company, we can create a wide range of marketing and advertising components to complement your advertising on Threshold Radio and increase your outreach in many creative and exciting ways. If interested, just go to www.thresholdradio.com and fill out a contact form with your interest. That's www.thresholdradio.com.